Good morning, church. It's our privilege this morning to welcome a guest preacher, the Reverend Levi Beardy. Reverend Levi is the lead pastor at the Aboriginal Believers Church, um, which gathered actually at Knox for a period of time. And he as well is the chair of the board for Rising Above, which seeks to bring healing to our land to educate, equip and empower indigenous people to rise above their pain. Uh, he was b- born in Bearskin Lake First Nation and he is Oji Cree. And he and his wife Viola have raised six children. He currently lives and serves in Peterborough, Ontario, and so he'll actually be joining us to preach via Zoom live. So he's part of our live stream service and um, responding to how God is leading him even this moment to speak to our hearts and minds. And I'd invite you to join me in praying for Levi as we prepare to hear God's word. God, we thank you for Levi and for his willingness to share um, your good news with our community this morning. We pray that you would be preparing our hearts and minds even now to receive the word which you will be speaking through him, to consider how it is that it impacts us, our families, our church community, that we would have soft hearts willing to be shaped and molded by your word. And we pray for Levi as well. We pray that the words of his mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. day it's it's a beautiful day up here in Peterborough and and any day is great in the kingdom of God and all that he has prepared for us um I don't I'm not sure if everybody's zoom tired or zoom fatigued I'm not I I enjoy it and uh, we've had some various conferences and meetings throughout the year and we will continue to do so my name is Levi Sampson Beardy. I think you may have been informed of that already. And I've been a pastor for 31 years, 31 years, and really enjoyed it, the greatest work that could ever be done in this in this universe. Um, before that, I was a soldier for 20 years in the top secret world, and, and uh, every day was a, a time of uh, amazing activity in, in the military realm. And there was a battle against, I guess, at the time, the Cold War uh, Axis powers. And believe it or not, we did overcome and win in 1989 when when the wall came down. So, so I, I feel I may have been part of the process of chipping away at that at that iron curtain, if you want to call it that. And that's what I feel like right now. Is I'm a, I'm a great I'm a, a soldier in the Great War for the souls of men and women around the world. And I feel like somebody just on that wall that that separates mankind from God, chipping away at it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is greater than anything we could ever imagine. My background is from from the far north, from Northwestern Ontario. 
And in your mind, you may think, well, Thunder Bay, that's 1,500 kilometers from here, approximately. And, but I, I'm from further west of that. If you go west another 600 kilometers to uh, Kenora and Sulakout, well, if you go north from there, another 400 kilometers, that, that would be my area, a fly-in reserve called Bearskin Lake and now known as uh, Michigan Lake. That's where I was born. So I'm from that area and we only came into a, a treaty in 1929. So that's, not, that's less than a hundred years ago, uh, 91 years ago. And it was under my great grandparents and um, treaty number nine. And, and we'd been hidden up there for years. Um, but we did have some sort of uh, evangelization in the 1830s. Uh, a Methodist a missionary, First Nations person came from Manitoba and brought the gospel. And my people received it very, very, very joyously. And, um, and uh, missionaries came at the odd time. But, but it wasn't until in the 19, early 1900s that a, a, there was a major effort done by, by uh, the Anglican Church to come there. And they were so uh, surprised to receive our people already worshiping Jesus Christ and having the, the Bible in our own language that had been brought to us from Manitoba. And we built on that. And out of that small community of, when I grew up, there are 300 in Bearskin. Out of that small community, there are over 35 priests and ministers that have gone out to serve in the kingdom of God as, as leaders within the churches. So that's a, a tremendous legacy that we have received. And, and I'm building on that because even my parents came out of there unable to speak English. And at the time, my parents had been really cool in the things of God. And, and dad really went through a major cultural clash coming from the north into a small mining community of Red Lake uh, near the near Kenora and uh, ended up drinking and becoming violent and very dysfunctional. He just didn't know how to, to cope with the fact that he didn't understand what was going on. But the Lord visited him one day in the night, revealed himself to him. And from that moment on, his alcoholism disappeared right at that moment. His, his smoking, his cursing, his violence. He was renewed completely and became a minister. Though he couldn't speak English and, and, the, and the church authorities said you, you couldn't go preaching, he, he went anyways. And, and God rewarded him with 10 churches that he started, native speaking churches, uh, native run, and, uh, and uh, raising their own funds. And he did a tremendous job and even traveled across around the world in various times, taking his uh, interpreters with him to preach to other nations. So that's the, the transforming power of our most high God. And even though I grew up under his ministry, I, I rebelled and became an atheist. And, uh, but, but, I, but the Lord visited me the same, at the same time, and, or not at the same time, but later on in my, when I was 29 years old. And, and I have been a Christian for 41 years now. And, um, it, and that was during my military experience. I have a family. Uh, my wife and I have celebrated 48 years this last December of, of a blissful wedded life. We, 
we're our best friends to each other and we've weathered the storms of military service and ministry and my traveling all across the country and in uh, various places in the world. And uh, we've been blessed with four children, six grandchildren. And in, in my closest ministry to Knox is Aboriginal Believers Church where, where we meet on the corner of Spadina and Blue in that area at Wigwam and Terrace. And that's on hold at the moment because it's a, it's a restricted area. But I'm also a chair of Rising Above, First Nations uh, Abuse Counseling Agency, which spans um, um, all of Canada from east to west. We've had conferences, major conferences, uh, regional conferences and, and seminars and workshops. And we've sent teams into various places where there have been um, crisis moments within the communities. So we're very fortunate to have that ministry. And also I have a First Nations Missions Fellowship of which I am board member, uh, which is uh, where, we, where we set up Agape Army short-term missions teams that go to various reserves along the Northern states and into Ontario and Quebec, going to First Nations communities that have had issues with the church, have kicked out the church or, and have, have one, what nothing to do with with uh, with the things of of the Christian Church. They may follow their native ways, but but we reintroduce them to the church as best as we can. And God has been very gracious to us. Another ministry we had was Hope Link International, and that with that we were able to minister to large groups of young people in various sports venues. That's sort of on the hold at the moment. But just to to let you know. One of the things that has been of extreme importance for me has been in the area of uh, what I'm going to preach upon, the fact that the righteous, the righteous shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith, as another version would say. And Romans 1, 16 to 17 says, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous or just shall live by faith. When we look back to when one of the first times that this righteousness is, is revealed is in Genesis 15 to 6, 15 verse 6. It says, Abram believed the Lord and he, it was credited to him as righteousness. Credited to him as righteousness. And when I read that the first thousand times, <laughs> I guess it was, because because I took my ministry training at what was known as Eastern Pentecostal Bible College, my Bachelor of Theology in, in 1990 after leaving the military. I, I think I went through that a few times because I, I read the Bible through several times. And it didn't really click in. And I also took my master's degree, Master's of Divinity, part of it at, at, at Tyndale seminary in Toronto. And also I ended up at Queen's School of Theology. Um, and uh, and they're surprised at how much I had 
how much Tyndale and Eastern had had evolved in their minds from 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 a their theology training in the past to to what it is now. So uh, so I had the, the three areas of of theological background, I guess, the Pentecostal aspect, the Eastern Pentecostal Bible College is now called Masters Bible College and Seminary, and then Tyndale, which is middle of the line, and uh, and uh, Queens, which is very very liberal, and all of that, all of these three seminaries had faith, had faith. And going back to my own parents, they had faith too, though neither of them went to any Bible college. They just read the word of God in their own language, the Cree Bible and the OG Cree Bible, because that's what we needed to, to know. And so there was a righteousness that all people in within those areas received but they didn't receive that righteousness just by reading the word of God. It was when they believed God. When they believed God. That, that's when the righteousness kicks in. We can have all, I've, I've talked to many people who, who read the word of God. And they say, we write great spiritual teachings, great stuff and so on. And I like that person over there that, that preaches so well. What a or that church, which is an exciting uh, a time to be in that church. The music is wonderful. The best testimonies are wonderful. But there's no mention of their connection with God. The important aspect is that connection with God. To believe God when he speaks to you. Some people say, well, that's just your mind speaking. That's what that your own thought, your, your own thoughts that are coming forth. But I think the key here is that communication with God. Adam walked in the cool of the Garden of Eden, communing with God. There was, there's a connection there. And we think of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Every time you, you, you hear of them or Moses, it's that aspect, or the prophets, any one of them. There's that connection of speaking directly with God. There is no intermediary. In many cases, even Jesus, when he spoke to the disciples, he was the intermediary for them at that point. But they recognized that he was God. But, but what Jesus was trying to do as God was to get each person to speak to the Father through him. And it's the same with us. People come to me and they say, talk to God for me. Just as, as people went to Moses and said, Moses, you're our intermediary. Speak to God for us. Or they went to the Aaronic priesthood, to the priests, and said, you know, we need, we need your prayers. And But the ideal is when people speak to God themselves by faith. And when they do and they hear God, because that's what made the difference for my, for my dad, was hearing God. Even before that, even before that, when I was born in 1951, and this is my 70th year that I will be turning 70 this month, as a matter of fact. Uh, when I was born, I was dying on the Northern Reserve in the middle of April, near the end of April. The blizzard the, that had delayed any deliveries of any food into the community, supplies, and I was dying and starving. I could not take to my mother's milk. The year before that, a child had been born before me to that same my, my parents and that child had died 
of the same thing that I was going through. And that night, as in anguish as, as, as my parents were there, fearful for my well-being, mom couldn't speak English, dad couldn't speak English, they didn't have any theological training. Uh, they were at the extremities of society, of the world, out, in the, out of, in the middle of nowhere. And at one point in time, during that night, as they were worried about my, my health, mom remembered. And I believe strongly that God spoke to her and said, reminded her of what she had heard in the church, that God answers prayer. Just God answers prayer. Now, I believe she heard God. And she believed God and she prayed and she testifies about this all over the north. She's, she became a minister afterwards. She says, I heard God. And I, I, I said, God, let my son live, me. Let my son live and I'll consecrate him to the priesthood. At that time was the Anglican church. So her first mind was, was a priesthood of, in the Anglican church. And that night, the storm stopped. The next morning, a plane came in with the vital supplies and the, the supplies that I received that, that brought me to, to health was carnation milk of all things. You know, something simple, but something very, very missing in that community at that time. And, and here I am 70 years later, God having answered the prayers of a teenage girl, 19 years old, who couldn't speak English, who had no education, who had no theological training, but heard just those words, God answers prayer, as God reminded her of it, I believe, and she believed God and it was creditor of righteousness and in her prayer, it was answered. So, so I believe that's an example in my own life and I've had to do the same thing when my son was born 29 years ago. He was born with two holes in his heart and here we were in, uh, in Peterborough at the time uh, during my ministry training. And he, had, he was born with two holes in his heart. He had, he had gone into, into a heart failure. And we didn't know what to do. And we took him to the doctors. They took an echocardiogram of his heart. At the, at the, and they found two big holes. And they said, emergency air flight by aircraft to sick kids in Toronto. And I, I went to go, ended up going there. We prayed, prayed for healing. And we got down there and they took another scan of his heart and they said, it's not as big as it was in, 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 in Toronto or in Peterborough. So there was no major emergency and they were backlogged. But anyways, to make a long story short, by the time they got around to, to operating on his heart saying, do the last preparations, the heart had been healed over because my wife had heard from God saying, I'm going to heal him. And I stood firm with her understanding of what God said. And we believed, we believed God that my son was going to be healed. And our son has since been able to play hockey, to play baseball, play amazing basketball. And he goes biking and he goes running and he's an amazing young man. So, 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 so in our own life, God has answered prayer. Not once, not twice, but many times as we have listened for him, for his voice. 
And that's the key. And, and, and the, sh the shameful aspect of it all is the gospel has been dragged through the mud by our churches before our First Nations people too often. The residential schools, the 60 scoop has, has done damage in the name of the Lord. There's even a, a film, a documentary called In the Name of Jesus. And it talks about how in the name of Jesus, our people were violated terribly, terribly by, by, by the churches because the churches were not listening to God. They had good hearts. They meant well. And I've even had to, to speak to some of our native churches who have good hearts, pastors, congregations that have good hearts. They have a desire to help our people. But sometimes I see them doing damage. And sometimes I've, I may have been guilty of it myself when, I, when sometimes I may waver in my, my devotion to listening to the full counsel of God. So our job is to stay close to the Lord. The greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, with every part of our being. When we love him with all of our heart, guess what? We, the second greatest command kicks into gear to love our neighbors as ourselves. Then all of a sudden, if we love God and, and focus our love and attention to him, we shall love his creation, his created people, whoever they are, what a nationality they might be, what background they may be. We may not be able to connect with them uh, language-wise, but we can still shower them with the love of Christ and do right and not do damage. James, James repeats that twice, that Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And Jesus said, that there were many in his sheepfold that are his. The disciples saw Paul preaching in the distance and casting out demons. And they said, Jesus, that man over there, Apollos, is, is doing things in your name. And, and uh, should we go tell him to stop it? But Jesus says, no, whoever does anything in my name is not against us for us so so even he seemed to be outside of the fold in the eyes of of the apostles and in the time of, of of that time also there's a there's a command from jesus about the sadducees and pharisees and the teachers of the law the disciples asked him what should we do with them these were the the spiritual leaders that were, would eventually crucify jesus and jesus said they sit in the seat of Moses. Listen to them, but don't do what they do. So what Jesus was saying was, was that the, these, these uh, Sadducees and Pharisees and teachers of the law had the, the word of God. And that's the key, is the word of God that gives life, that gives freedom. Just as in Moses' time, that word brought people out of slavery from Egypt into towards to go to go towards the promised land their spiritual journey in the same way they had it to listen to them but to not do what they do to do the righteous things of god instead of the the, the unrighteous religiosity 
that was overpowering the religious system at that time. And it's the same with us. We can get so wrapped up in, in our religious activities that we forget to do what Christ has asked us to. We get so programmed to do this, 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 that we do not have time to listen to God as he directs us in the, in, in the specific areas that he would like us to go. And I'm already running out, out of time, but I want to tell you that at one point in time, I was, I was in Vancouver Island. And we were at a, a family camp with 11 missionaries that we had through at the time I was working with Shantyman International, which is known now as uh, With Christ Alone, Christ Alone. And um, that camp had been there for 80 years, ministering to the people of the northern communities of Vancouver Island. <clears throat> and they, they were teaching classes, Sunday school classes, by, uh, you know, uh, uh, VBS during the summer and some counseling, but nothing major was happening. And they'd been going for 80 years. And, um, and they'd asked me, you know, what can we do that no one seems to be taking seriously the gospel? They, they are becoming Christian, but they're not really moving forward. They're not going into positions of leadership or so on. So, uh, so we were praying about it and we didn't know what to do. And I was, I think, on, on the other side of the country at the time because I was traveling nationwide with the organization. And one day they called me and they said, we have a problem. There's a group of 40 traditional uh, people from, from the New Channeled Nation that have come here to our family camp and they want us to move. They want us to get out and they want to set up their own healing center and that this is their property. And this is, that, that property had been used by residential schools in, in transporting many of their families and children to, to residential schools and much, much evil had been done in that area and, and had broken that, their hearts and and, uh, and many of them had become alcoholics and drug addicts in, in Victoria and Vancouver and, and dysfunctions in their families. And, and, and they thought maybe this would be a place where they could set up some sort of a healing center. And so I, I and, and because, because it would take me three days, two days to get there, they asked me what to do and what they could do. And I said, well, said, we have cabins and, and lodging and food. Why don't you feed them and, and give them uh, places to stay? And they said, okay, we can do that. And then they said, well, they're, they're, they're doing their ceremonies in, in, our, in our spaces. And I said, and I had just received a message from God saying that he was going to transform, that nothing, nothing could outdo what he was able to do. And I, I said, Lord, I believe it. I believe it. And I said, what about their ceremonies? Let them do their ceremonies. That's what I believe God was saying. So I said, just let them do their ceremonies. And then they asked me, they want to set up a, a sweat lodge on, on the beach. And I said, okay, let them set up their sweat lodge on, on the beach. And so they did. But to make a long story short, because I'm running out of time, within three days, those people were singing Amazing Grace, Rock of Ages, 
how great thou art. Songs that they remembered from their residential school days, even though there had been damage done by those in authority at the residential schools, the hymns of praise rooted in God's word, they remembered and they sang and a healing started to happen. And they ended up staying there up to the nitty gritty details. Someday I'll be able to tell you, but God broke through their shell of, of unbelief and somehow his word got through to them. And they, the leaders decided that they would let us stay there. Our, 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 uh, our, our family camp stay there and they would send families there instead. And our teams would counsel the families, marriage counseling, individual counseling, children counseling. And we had, we had workers that were able to keep the kids caught up in their, in their educational studies. And they would send six families at a time. And that went on for about 10 years. And, and, uh, and, 50% of the families that came before they went home, they ended up being baptized in the waters of salvation. And that's the power of God. I could have said, well, let's, you know, when the first indication, I said, well, let's set up a barrier. We'll call the, the police to, to sort of make sure they don't come in. And, and, and there could have been a conflict of, uh, that could have blown out of proportion. But it ended up being a time of healing and salvation, and we earned the place where all of a sudden we were a place where Jesus could be spoken of and taught and be the healing for them from the damage that had been done in the past. And, and, and uh, about, seven, about five years later, the national chief, the Assembly of First Nations chief, was from that area. And when I went to see him, at one of the conferences that he had thrown. I mentioned to him that I was with the shantyman up in his area and he grabbed me and hugged me and said, you guys are doing a tremendous job. And his, his, uh, his elder, who is um, uh, Barney Williams at the time, also said, shook my hand and said, yes, you guys have done a great job. And, but it was not us. It was God directing our decisions. So one word from God can do amazing wonders as opposed to our thoughts on what is the right thing to do. Peter went through that. Peter was praised and given a, a, a pat on the back, I guess you would say, from Jesus for saying that Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, this has not been taught to you by man, but given to you by my Father who's in heaven. So he's saying that Peter had heard from the Father that Jesus was not just a prophet, not just a good teacher, not just a good spiritual teacher, a wise teacher, but that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah that had been that they'd been waiting for. But a chapter later. Jesus says in the presence of Peter and says to the other disciples that he would be arrested by, by the authorities and he would be crucified and, 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 and uh, put into the earth. And the first words that Peter says, out of love and a human consideration of, of that this can't, couldn't happen, he says, 
Let it not be so, Lord. And then Jesus rebukes him and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. The man of God that had been praised and patted on the back for hearing from God the Father in the next few chapters is speaking the words of Satan. Although he had heard the words of Christ, the living God, saying this will happen, he spoke against them. And, and the words, the next words that Jesus says to Peter and to Satan are these. You have not in mind the things of God, but the things of man. So he says to Satan and to Peter, you have not in mind the things of God, but the things of man. So, so our danger is not just repeating the words of Satan. It's having our mind not being renewed because we need the mind of Christ. And 1 Corinthians 2 says that we have the mind of Christ. It has been given to us. We have access to it. But we re sometimes we're so busy with earthly values, earthly measurements of, of, of well-being and, and plans and, and, and thought processes that we fall away from the mind of Christ. And that's where we have to be renewed. And I, and I think I've gone, and I just want to, who are the righteous? The righteous are not the ones that are perfect in everything. They're the ones that believe God and it's credited to them as righteousness. They're clothed in the righteousness of God. And what, how do they demonstrate their faith? Number one, they listen and hear God. Now, Cain heard God, but he didn't believe God or obey him and he paid the price for it. Balaam heard God. An angel appeared, a donkey spoke to him and God tried to keep him from cursing the Israelites but he chose to rebel and so many others but the signs of the righteous are the ones that listen and hear God, they believe God and they have in mind the concerns or the will of God and they do that which God is commanding them or telling them to do. They're clothed in the righteousness of God, which is Christ Jesus. As we look at this, I look back to, and, and, and I may be raked over the coals for this, but I believe that God has spoken to people at all times, at all times. And, and he says that. He says, I have spoken to all people at all times in Romans. And it says in verses, chapter one of Romans what, 24 and 25, for those that do not, for those that do not obey God and when they hear God, it says God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, it says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. So the danger in any, any culture is that the created aspects, the created things 
can be worshipped rather than the creator. The creator that created things could be cultural, cultural things. It could be actually leaders, pastoral leaders. I have people who have said, I, I go to that church only because of that pastor. If that pastor leaves, I will no longer go to that church. Or they'll go there because of the music team, the worship team, or because there's somebody that they, a strong Christian within the congregation who has been very good to them. So they'll go to that church, but they won't go to any church if that, that person's not there. All of a sudden, that person has become an idol to them, a created thing that they're worshiping more than the creator. And in First Nations issues, we talk about about the spirits of the of, of the world and sometimes there's worship of those spiritual beings as spiritual guides but i say to them no don't don't trust in those spirit work in the one that created the creator himself look beyond and and the case with vancouver island was the medicine man that i was working with prayed not to the spirits of the woods not to the spirits of the seas or the oceans not to the spirits of the air but to the creator and from that when i saw that connection i was able to work through say lord what do you want me to tell him how do i want how do you want to work because i think he's he may not have full understanding of you but help me for him to understand you in a greater way and that was the success of it all so so i i'm excited um I'm just going to add, let me just say a closing prayer. Precious Lord, I come to you. You have a congregation here at Knox Presbyterian Church who have heard your word many times, Lord. And it says in the book of Revelations that in the last days, the message to the churches, not once, not twice, but three times it's in the book of Revelations. But in other, in, other, in other places, there's another four times. So there's seven times that this portion of scripture is commanded to the churches in the last days. He who has an ear, hear what the spirit of God is saying to the churches in these last days. To hear, to hear what the spirit of God saying to the churches in these last days not only to hear but to act to be doers of the word to do be doers of the word so i pray that for this congregation lord that they shall become a mighty battleship for the lord as you show me in the past that your churches spread around the world are like mighty battleships forts of the most high god not to, not to defensively be there, but to be there offensively. Not in the bad sense of the word, but to go on the offense, to go forth with the message of Jesus Christ, showering the love of God, the mercy and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to all those around them. So I pray this for, for, for this congregation, and I pray for those that are hearing right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you all. Um.